Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 185 of Elijah Fire. Today is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. Uh, it's going to be an exciting episode. I'm very excited. Very excited about this episode. It's going to be super great. Uh, every every couple of days or you know twice a week, we always talk about uh, what we've been doing with your guys' donations. When you donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, uh, we take a portion of every single donation, no matter how big, no matter how small, and we funnel it into our water well efforts over in Uganda, as well as we're venturing into Nepal and Ethiopia. I said that really weird, Ethiopia. Um, and uh, so we like to just kind of show you guys what it is. We get great update videos from Show Mercy International, who we've been partnering with, Mike and Lori Sally. And their daughter, Caitlin, has been rocking these videos. So we just actually got a new one, you guys. This is like fresh. So I'm going to play it and then we're going to get going. So I want to thank you guys all for your donations to electrifier.com slash donate. Uh, all of the amazing stuff we've been able to do overseas with Show Mercy Internationals because of your guys' generosity. And we just seriously cannot thank you enough. We're really excited about 2023 and all the new avenues God is opening up for us in the vein of wells, but other things like Elijah Fire and Elijah Streams and all that stuff. So God bless you guys. All right. So my guest today, I found recently actually, and it just was like an interesting kind of way that I found out about this amazing guest that's going to be on today. And I've just been so blessed by her ministry and all that stuff just already. I'm like, wow, like this is great. She's a minister. She's a super gifted teacher, actually. Uh, she's also the founder and president of Safe Passage, which is a nonprofit that combats child trafficking through prevention, mentorship, and support services, which I totally put on the notes. It was super obvious that I was reading it, but it's amazing. Um, and then she's also the author of this absolutely dope book called Defend Yourself, Biblical Tactics for Tearing Down Strongholds. And we're going to be talking about this probably towards the end, but I think you guys are going to be, I don't often endorse books because I often don't get them in time or I'm so busy and every now and then God highlights one. And I was just pouring through this. I read, you know, the intro and her detailing her crazy testimony, you guys, of, of how God helped her overcome PTSD, uh, anxiety, all that stuff. Um, and so I think this is a book that's going to really bless a lot of people. Um, and it's so practical. So anyways, we're going to talk about it and a whole lot more. So let's give it up for my guest today, Kara Starn. What up? <laughs> We're here. Yay. We're here. Yay. Welcome to the show for the first time, Kara. Kara, not Kara. Kara. Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay. Well, before we get started, feel free to detail anything else about yourself, and then we can kind of jump into your testimony because that's going to kind of segue into a lot of great conversation. I'm so excited to be here. I thank you for having me. Yeah. I love the Elijah Fire show. I've had friends come on, so I've been watching for a while mm. and I just uh appreciate what you bring uh to us and uh it's just a huge blessing to be here. I feel like I'm already like with family. Oh. Um but no, uh we got the basics covered. I'm out in um uh, Kentucky. I like pizza and cinnamon toast crunch and 
Those are probably the most important things you could know. About. Oh, so that was what you posted on social media. I was, I didn't know what the other box was like. Oh. You posted a pizza box. And the other thing I was like, it had like a cartoon character on it. So I didn't know what it was. Yes. It's the cinnamon. It's the cinnamon swirl. So, okay. <laughs> yes. But I'm so excited. I'm so excited that uh, we're both excited to share on, uh, I think the testimony will lead into it, but we're going to be talking a lot today about footholds, strongholds, PTSD, anxiety, de uh, demonic assignments, and and mental torment. And I think both of us are super excited to see what the Holy spirit does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're ready, I'm going to, Hey, let's do it. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and man, we just give this broadcast to you, Holy spirit mm -hmm. Lord. And we pray that people, uh, that they would walk away with hope for their life. Yes. Lord, uh, anyone who's just on YouTube right now, who needs to come onto the broadcast, Lord, we ask that you would go out and fish and bring them in. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, you ready for me? Oh, let's do it. Okay. Yeah, so. okay. We're excited. We're both excited. This yeah. is awesome. It's the bomb. Yeah. It's so, the bomb. Oh, literally, we've got we've got we've got the bombs covered. We have the bombs in the stronghold with the bombs. Yeah. A funny story. When I was getting this created, the artist wanted to do like flowers and this stuff i was like i don't think you understand it's got to be like explosive yeah, so. like, have you seen a stronghold before yeah <laughs> so so my story's a little bit crazy um and we'll be sharing like just bits and pieces today and i do want to begin with the bottom line the bottom line isn't a crazy story in my past the bottom line i want to give up front today because people people need to hear it up front today. And that's Christ is our hope. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some crazy things and experienced some really intense things. And those things made me hopeless. And if I'm being honest, I got myself into a huge mess. And so I wasn't just like victimized by spiritual warfare. I gave the enemy a giant foothold. Mm -hmm. And was and that so as a result of neglect? Was it like a combination of different things? Uh, there was trauma that just caused me to spiral. And I went into this, this deep seated resentment and, and anger towards God. Mm. And so we'll kind of get into that. It is very, very layered. It is very, very sensitive, but I was in a mess. I got myself there. Um, and I thought I was going to be a slave to mental torment and trauma the rest of my life. And so today we'll talk about tearing down strongholds, you know, for some people that's going to be sin and mental torment or negative cycles, whatever it is, but people have serious bondage. And so today I, my hope is that people would just come into such hope, um, that cry for uh, that, you know, of Christ in their life. Mm. And so my story kind of started, um, in Uganda and I was there in, in 2013, I was there a whole year. Uh, my church sent me and it was a very challenging year. It actually out the gate uh, had a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. um, my friend there was a missionary. Um, she died a horrific death while you were there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, literally. Man. So she was having asthma and panic attacks and she was pregnant and she was married to a Ugandan and, and there was witchcraft happening. And so um, literally she would have asthma and then have a panic attack and then call me to come pick her up purple. And I had to go over, over the border to Kenya one week. And, uh, 
literally she would have called me and I was in Kenya and she had one and she passed away. So, um, yeah, you're talking about guilt too, I'm sure. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of emotions of that one of not being there. I know God, you know, uh, protected me at a very young age, but, um, and then the house I was living in, there was stuff, there was a lot, it was already a challenging year. Mm -hmm. And toward the end of that year, um, maybe 11 months in, um, God is, I'm in the car. I'm actually having a fantastic freaking day. You know, <laughs> the sun is shining. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm healing. I've got the music going. I'm in Africa in a RAV4. Freaking awesome. <laughs> and then the the moment gets ruined and I hear God's voice and I hear him say to me, would you trust me if you got into a car accident? And I immediately like rebuke that thought. That's not the voice of God. Uh, God is good. God would never let me get hurt. If God knew a car accident was going to happen, he wouldn't be talking to me about it. He'd be stopping it. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other teaching, to be honest, that yeah. is in the book. Um, uh, but he begins to talk to me. And so um, it comes three times, three times. I hear a voice of peace say, would you trust me if you got into a car accident? And so at this point, I'm like, ah, it's the Abraham test. He just <laughs> wants me to say yes. I would trust him. Yeah. It'll all be fine. And so I was like, sure, I would trust you. And I never had that thought ever again. It was a strange, you know, it just, it, it, was a blip in history. Mm -hmm. Well, a month later, I'm finally leaving the country. I've been there a whole year. I'm leaving the country. And uh, I wake up, we get on the road. And, uh, you know, I'm not a very like paranoid person. We get on the road and something kicks into my discernment that I've never experienced. Hmm. And the best way I can describe it is I knew I knew what was happening in two camps. I knew in one camp, the enemy literally had a demonic assignment for a car accident. Somehow I knew it. In the other camp, I'm like, God, what is happening? Do I rebuke this? Do I cancel it? What do you want me to do? And in, in this camp, I just heard God saying, don't you trust me? Hmm. And so it was a very strange experience of, I sensed, I sensed a discernment in, in both. And so we have a seven hour trip. It's pouring rain, pouring cats. And, and the interstate is already crazy. Like there's animals going, like the semis are like weaving through, like Uganda is a very like unsafe highway. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of those developing countries that are like that, which is, it's and, pretty wild. And they all just play chicken. Like they'll go head on until the next one swerves. And uh -huh. <laughs> Add in the rain, the torrential yeah. downpour, add in the 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 goats hopping across the highway and then add on that I'm having this crazy discernment. And so finally, seven hours down the road, like uh, finally, uh, we're almost to the hotel. And like, I'm like, it's fine. I'm getting out of this country. <laughs> like, it's OK. And all of a sudden, the military has this huge like. I don't know, over 10 cars. Convoy. Yes, it's a yeah. huge convoy. 
and they're very reckless and they're just plowing through traffic like they're unzipping people like just to the sides and they're making people they're just very reckless they hit us the last car clips us and to our the edge of the road was a interstate hill like a you know just dumped us down a forested you know area man so we get hit and unfortunately like i've been you know freaking out a little in the discernment <laughs> and so my my seat had been entirely reclined and so i was like tossed like a rag doll and you know so my whiplash was like huge and really we were going down this hill like at a sideways angle you know almost like you know just parallel to the ground like we should have flipped to be yeah. honest yeah and with my seatbelt not working and the seat down i would have been probably out the windshield toast. you would have been toast probably yeah. so so anywho we go down this hill and honestly uh so what happens is we get down the hill we land in some bushes all the Ugandans are bringing up pieces of the car, like the car smoking. I have to push my way through these like bushes. I don't know where my shoes are. I, I bit a hole for my tongue. Oh yeah. And, and you know what, to be honest, I bit a hole through my tongue because I almost basically cursed God's name on the way oh, down man. to be truthful. Wow. And so we get, we get down there and we basically slip and slide it down. You know, I, it, it was an instance where had I, you know, had we flipped, it would have been really bad news for me. We slip and slide it down. I should have gotten out of that car and been like, my God is a baller. And yeah. <laughs> I had nothing to worry about and I yeah. can trust God. And I walked this off and well, and it was raining. Honestly, Kara, it was raining, right? Um, At that point, the rain had lifted, but it, it was it, wet though, right? Oh, was yeah. it wet? Yeah. yeah. So, that actually probably saved your life too. You think because so? it was like the embankment was wet. So that it wasn't, you know, there was it was more slippy, you know. Anyways, continue. Slip slide. So yeah. so I should have had this moment where I was like, my God is victorious. I have nothing to fear. And from that moment, my faith should have increased. Yeah. And instead of doing that, um, something rose up in me from my childhood. And my, my father died uh, when I was around nine years old. And in that moment, I didn't focus on how God saved me. I focused on how he abandoned me. And this, this deep seated, like trauma spirit came mm. up from my childhood. Yeah. And over the next few weeks, instead of my faith increasing from the experience, I um, decided I didn't want to trust God. Because I decided he probably should have stopped the accident and maybe I got lucky this time, but I should have been out the windshield. And so for the next few weeks, um, I do what any child does when they're upset, which is cry their, cry their eyes out. And so when a child is hurt, what they do is they cry and what they're doing is trying to get their parents' attention. And what I was doing was crying and panicking and throwing tantrums toward God uh, because I wanted to make God feel bad. Hmm. And so I blamed him for not looking after me. And, you know, trauma was telling me it could have been way worse and God didn't care. And who, yeah. who knows 
how many, how many other bad things are going to happen in your life. And, um, I was just throwing a tantrum and God was being so patient with me and saying, you know, can't you trust me? Can't you trust me? And I refused. And at this point I was aware that I was intentionally trying to manipulate God, which is honestly a very demonic place to be. And it was a calculated effort that if I cry, maybe I can make God feel bad for me. And he'll say, this is all my fault. And I wasn't looking after you. And I'm so sorry. And come here and I'll make sure nothing bad happens to you ever again. Hmm. And so God was proving you can trust me. Super epic landing, you know, should have been super written a different kind of Praise book. hands right out, you know, like right out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> write a different kind of book. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's not where I went with it. Well, and- really quick, Kara, sorry. I, yeah. I th- This is another reason why I was like, do we got to get you on the show is because this whole thing is very, is a lot more familiar to people than, um, I mean, we could say not, it's more familiar than it should be, but it's just the reality. There's a lot of people who found themselves in that place that you were in and they go into agnosticism, they go into atheism, they go into just being continuing to be a follower of Jesus, but carrying these wounds and and having these strongholds established in their life. And so, and I know, I know so many people that are like this. Right. And I know a lot of other people that are listening to this as well. I'm sure Carrie, you know a couple as well. I'm sure you definitely probably walked, you know, some people through this, you know, yourself. But anyways, I just wanted to point that out to people like this is a very Real. real thing like i've had these conversations with people where they something happened and then rather than you know yeah it would have been ideal to go praise the lord god is good but they found themselves in the very a very similar situation that you were in so yeah right so i went into this mode of i feel hurt by god so mm-hmm. i'm going to hurt god back and that's when it got really ugly because he kept trying to cover me with his love and faithfulness and I kept shoving it in his face. And so things evolved and weeks and weeks after this, maybe a month or so, um, I knew I was getting into a really dangerous spot. And this is important to address because what I did was I actually gave the devil a foothold And a month later, I'm sitting in my house and just some context, (laughs) uh, you know, I'm not looking for spiritual warfare. (laughs) I'm good. Uh, I was on my couch on the most boring day possible watching Jeopardy. (laughs) And it's like a slamming day. I know. And in that moment there, you know, in that moment, um, I saw a dark spirit amass in broad daylight in my own house. It's pretty gnarly. And the best way I can experience, uh, describe it is when that happened, I thought I died. Really? Oh yeah. It was a spirit of death. I thought when I saw it, I didn't even, I just thought I saw something dark out there. I thought I was blacking out. I didn't realize it was a spirit. I thought I was blacking out. And so I have this massive panic attack my, my heart's racing. I can't breathe. I've never had one of these things in my life. And what it really was, was like a reenactment of Psalm 18. And 
the cords of death entangled around me and the, the snares of death confronted me. Mm. And it was like a true reenactment. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. I, I, like, I felt like I was in a wrestling match with death. Wow. And what's interesting is here's what we know. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Mm-hmm. It was literally the shadow of death. And what did I do? Massive fear attack. Mm-hmm. And so fasting forward, this begins six years in my life of severe panic attacks. Uh, there was more than that. There's terribly strange experiences of choking and and like not being able to breathe or stand like functioning was incredibly difficult. Hmm. And it became so bad. Like I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't want to speak. I didn't, I didn't want to do work. I didn't want to do anything. I I could barely sit in a two person meeting without thinking if I don't get out, out of this room right now, I'm going to literally die. Yeah. Like, I know that feeling. Yeah. And so You know, when you spend so many days feeling like you're dying, it wears on you. I remember uh, crying out to God and I said, you had a chance to kill me back at the accident. You know, why didn't you do me a favor? Wow. And um, I want to point out, I want to really call it out because what is a panic attack is it is a death simulation. I want, I want us to really consider that we're in no danger. The sky is not falling. It's a perfectly sunshiny day. And then a panic attack hits you. And my panic attacks were so bad. I, I, I wanted to jump out of moving cars. Wow. So I mean, it was like legit, like the spirit of death, hardcore, like, like a, like a a truly psychotic, like should it be. Uh, heavily medicated should be in psychiatric units. Like, and I'm a chill person. So none of this, it just doesn't, it doesn't match. (laughs) And so, so I want people to realize what, what panic attacks are. They're a death simulator. They Mm -hmm. literally make you experience death, even though you're not dying. You can't breathe. You can't think you can't speak like your heart's racing and skipping over itself. Like, and the worst part is like this adrenaline is shooting through you like surges of, of it's literally feels like liquid death going. It's ridiculous. And so people literally, when they have their first panic attack, they usually go to the, the ER thinking they're having a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I totally did. Yeah. <laughs> so it's serious. It's yep. serious. Okay. Yep. This is, this is, is it's in the mind, but it's totally taking over lives well and you know in those moments there's a part of me that was even like this isn't real this isn't real but it was like everything in me was like be quiet red alert this is real be quiet you know like uh and and yeah so it's like telling somebody don't don't it's fine you don't need to panic it's okay when they're having a panic attack literally does nothing Mm And it's the reason it, it it makes me so it's so diabolically evil because God, whatever was the trauma, God obviously delivered you. Yeah, come on. But what a panic attack is, 
is a demonic assignment to cause you to relive trauma every day long after the trauma's actually passed. Mm-hmm. And so back to the story, I want to uh, loop in a little bit more of this. The doctors told me I had a panic attack. Okay. Um, incredibly challenging six years. Okay. Six years later, things are getting worse instead of better. I, I mean, I literally can't get it to make sense. And so my condition and yes, I've worked with doctors and therapists and, um, psychologists and then deliverance ministers and it's getting worse instead of better and new torments are actually forming. And why did this happen is I gave the devil one foothold Mm. and that's all he needs because once he's got one foothold on you, now he's going to begin setting up strongholds. Okay. So footholds lead to strongholds. And so new torments start happening. I'm hearing voices that aren't mine. And this is for context 2020. So in my defense, I thought I was just picking up on all the craziness. Um, But no, it wasn't the atmosphere. It was in me. So It probably didn't help, but you know. Would have been great if the problem wasn't me. And so, so, so here's when I didn't realize my problem was as spiritual as it was. Yes, it was trauma. Yes, it was mental illness. I didn't realize it was also spiritual. And so when things began to click for me, uh, because remember the first time I saw that spirit, I just thought I was blacking out. Hmm. Six years later, an intercessor uh, messages me. She's a friend of mine. And she says, I had a dream last night. You were in a car uh, with me and our mentor. And you were in a car and you shut down and you were scared. And so neither of us knew what that meant or, or, or what. Um, but she said, I'm, I'm praying for you. The next day, um, I see the same spirit I saw six years ago. Wow. And it literally shut me down, shut me down. And it assaulted me and it was literally a hundred times worse than all the other years put together. And at this point, uh, I realize it's spiritual. At this point, I realize I'm literally the devil's punching bag. And mm-hmm. I have been for six years and now I've seen its ugly face. And as a believer, I don't know what to do. I'm on the verge of going, this isn't real. The, uh, my None of this makes sense. I'm on the verge of either... Either today I check into a psychiatric institution or God does something. And so I, I, at this point, I get in my car. I can't barely function. And I rush into this prayer center in town. And I don't know these ladies and they don't know me. And I don't have an appointment, but I bust in. I'm like, somebody's praying for me. Yeah, pray for me now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a 911, ladies. Yeah. And so I don't tell them anything. Uh, they just learn my name. She sits down. She prays in the spirit. And she, I said, God, tell me where it's coming from. And because I'm clean, I'm pure. Where's the, I've shut my doors. Where's the trap door? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she prays in the spirit. And she says, I see a cage over your mind. And I see trauma from Uganda. Dude. Praise God for people who who hear word of knowledge. Seriously. 
the Holy Spirit, man, we need him. So that's when I, that's when things literally clicked. I was like, I'm on your, I'm on it now. I'm on it. And so, so what it was, was there was a spirit of death assigned to me in Uganda. It didn't kill me, didn't get to kill me because when God canceled that assignment, but here's, here's how it stuck around. God canceled that assignment. And I turned around and gave it a foothold to stay on assignment. Hmm. And so at this point I realize I'm in so deep. I'm so desperate for God to deliver me. I go home. I open this Bible. I stare at it and I say to God, either your word is true or it's not. And either the weapons of warfare work or they don't. And this is all powerful or it's not. And I got into this place where I felt totally convinced that the Bible and my weapons and the blood of Jesus are actually going to do what they're say they're going to do. Yeah. And so this militant faith rose up in me and I, I knew I, I believed God's word. And so I began to pour through these pages with the Holy Spirit and I began to collect every, all the weapons I could find. And the Holy Spirit was working with me. And so we, together with the Holy Spirit, we ended up creating this strategic, uh, biblical, tactical plan involving prayer, involving faith involving every weapon I could find because I needed all of them at this point. And I put it all in my prayer journal, literally pages in my prayer journal. And so every morning I wake up and I'm like, all right, we're not, we're using the same plan every day until this thing breaks because I believe God. And it took two weeks to break a six year attack. And I, I remember thinking, if you, someone would have told me it would have taken this little time to shove it back in to the devil, to detonate these weapons in his face and to get my life back, I would have started a long time ago. Hmm. Yeah. And so that's how this all came about. Yeah. Well, and I think an important detail, too, is that, you know, six years of going through this, you your background growing up in the, you know, in the church wasn't like, you didn't really have a gauge for this kind of stuff. Right. Like it wasn't like demons, other voices, you know, that, that level of spiritual warfare was like, yeah, right. I mean, you even said in your book that there were certain things that were just like, you were kind of almost indoctrinated. Like many people are in the church to just view these things as more like metaphors or oh this is a fun illustration to illustrate something else but it's not really this that they're talking about in the bible but it actually is you know but yeah yeah and that that was one of the things is so i uh was in the kind of um pentecostal movement then we went methodist and then we went you know back and so so my growing up years were really methodist and when all this started happening i just I literally, I, I didn't really have people in my life who were like to, to break it down to me. And, and then the mental health community didn't help. And so literally, I remember thinking after you, after I see the shadow of death, I remember going through here, rereading after I saw that thing's face, I reading my Bible, I was like, I don't think the Bible is as metaphorical as I, I thought. Come on. You know, yeah. And 
we don't want to highlight, you know, oh yeah, all the demons are real. No, the Bible's not metaphorical about the explosives that work in here, about the swords that work in here, about the shields that work in here, right? Just as much as the demonic is not metaphorical, okay, everything coming from the the weaponry of God, the spirit of God, none of that is equally as as metaphorical, which is hope for the believer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, to that, I think God has really been speaking to me a lot about that lately. So much so that he had me buy a sword. Uh, you know, this sword. Oh, because it's amazing. This freaking amazing sword. Anyways, I just, I get so excited about it. I just, to me, it's like a, a good visualization for me. And God knows, I mean, I'm a huge nerd. So I, you know, swords mm-hmm. stuff like that, but um, it's so important that we, any amount of modern um, interpretation or anything like that doesn't change the reality of the spiritual realm. So yes, um, even if you, you know, I always say to people on the show, like with all of your doubts, with all of your questions, run to the Lord with them, standing on, on the things that are, you know, and, and sometimes you just have to lay aside your, this is crazy, but your word does say it. And it's like, so yeah, I don't know. There's a lot, lot to say in regards to it. Um, but can, can I address a comment without you losing your train no, of thought? No, no, you're good. I was, okay, yeah, cool. Okay. So there, there's a comment in here that I see very, very frequently. Somebody's like, Oh, I just, I just say return to sender. And I, I try to coach people. Uh, my mentors coach me and I try to reciprocate that back out. Return to sender is, um, it's not really in the prayer we want to pray because we have two senders. Number one, spiritual warfare can come from uh, like a witchcraft. Witchcraft comes from a witch and a witch is a person. And we don't want to pray back cursing on them. We want to pray for salvation on them. Mm. Second sender could possibly be the uh, the demons and the devil. We don't want to return it to the sender. We want to send the sender to the abyss. Mm. Okay. so. Just wanted to do some some reflecting yeah. on that. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. And I get what people are saying by return to sender. Yeah. I mean, but I think our words are word not, I don't think I know our words are very powerful. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even in you, did you so when you were going through this process, Kara, of you know, really doubling down on scripture, grabbing a hold of the weapons that we have at our disposal within the word, um, was there a lot of literal declaration of scriptures like actually like utterance like saying them out loud i think i timed it and every morning i woke up to to do the the action plan probably took me at least 15 minutes if not more because you're you're because what i did was i combined the word of god the name of jesus the blood of jesus communion fasting prayer when you're doing all that you know uh, at once, like it, it was a whole, it was all, it took me like 15 minutes a day to take Mm. the communion, to, to pray what I was praying through, to declare scripture. There was everything I, everything that came out of my mouth, everything I believed for was, was anchored in scripture because that's the only way I believed I was going to be free. It was all scripture. Yeah. Come on. Um, Something similar happened to me, actually, but it was 
mine was a little different because leading up to my uh mental breakdown you know whatever you want to call it um i had suddenly there was somebody who came on elijah streams this is a long time ago and we used to sell these like book and uh cd sets of like different things so i had them i had like a b- big cd changer in my car because it's like not like a new new car so it still has them uh and and, and so I had like a bunch of them loaded in there and there was one where she would do these scriptural declarations. And so I had like, I actually started memor like I memorized most of it, but I would do it on my way to work, which was about 40 minutes. So like half of that drive, it was this. And so it was crazy because all of a sudden this thing happened and I had all of these scriptures like preloaded in my, 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 my spirit actually. And all of a sudden it's like, I just started speaking out psalm 91 like instinctively when it all started happening like that was like whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty all of a sudden i just started saying it as i was like because i had no so it's so essential that we fill ourselves up with the word that mm-hmm. we utilize the word you know i said the other day i was talking about a scene from one of the star wars movies and this guy he's got a lightsaber and he doesn't realize that it's a lightsaber and there's these stormtroopers attacking and then the person that's with him says you have a weapon use it and like and then he like ignites his lightsaber and it was like this whole thing like often we have this thing in our possession we all have it in our possession but then the utilization of it and understanding the value of it are different things than having mm-hmm. oh no but i have the word I have, but if you don't understand exactly what's in here and how powerful it is you know it's like I wouldn't say it's like a paperweight. That's unfair to say about the word of God, but um, it's just, we're, we're not fully utilizing what it was designed for. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, and I think like um, the, well, let's keep going. Cause that one might come up in a little bit. Let me okay. see if I'll hold that one. Okay. You can go to the next point. Sorry. I, I didn't, <laughs> I know I'll keep talking. So we, we were having a very interesting conversation uh, ahead of this. And before we get into that conversation, you know, I think it's really important to, to point out what's really, really interesting is the, the armor of God. Okay. Uh, we have what we need for offense and defense in the armor of God. But second Corinthians 10, three to four describes our weapons of warfare as an actual means of like militant attack. And it's, it's effective against strongholds. And I think it's really important to know what a stronghold is. Right. And so second Corinthians defines strongholds as something that gets set up uh, between us and our knowledge of God. And so a stronghold, it becomes this big towering thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it makes you confused, right? It's a, it's set up against your knowledge of God. And so you begin to go, it, it gets towering, it gets big, and you go, is God really powerful? Mm-hmm. Is he really who he says he is? Can I be free? Is he good? It, can he actually deliver me? And so strongholds are set up um, in a foreign territory, right? And what it is, is a stronghold gets set up in a foreign territory that an enemy intends to overtake, right? Because the enemy needs a base of operations to launch an ongoing assault. And so a stronghold isn't a weapon. A stronghold is a base of operations 
for the enemy to continue antagonizing you literally in your own space, right? But the good news is that God has given us spiritual defenses for a spiritual battle. And so our, our weapons of warfare are the things that drive us to pull down, cast down, and bring in into captivity when dealing specifically with those demonic powers and strongholds. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. But you and I were in a very interesting conversation and, and we're both really passionate about this conversation based on our experiences and and what the mental health community and what the church and, you know, all of that. So we were talking about what do you do when you don't know if it's spiritual or psychological? So where are your thoughts on, on all of that conversation? Man. Okay. Um, I think first off, it's important to not assume one or the other, um, mm -hmm. you know, because I think there's, there's, um, I, I, admittedly, I will often, I don't know. I see now I'm like just going to full outward processor mode and thinking about this out loud. <laughs> so if I trip over my words, people, it's cause I'm thinking out loud. Um, I, I think there's a tendency that we have though, to look at like, everything is like, there's a devil behind every bush where it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, that, like Satan's really attacking me right now. And because of this and you, on the outside and a lot of people listening will know this as well, but on the outside, you can look at it and be like, bro, that was like your poor choices. Like that's not like Satan's not just like, it's important to analyze our life and just not assume um, that everything is permissible and they like run with that. It does say everything is permissible. Not everything is beneficial, you know? And I think that, you know, being mindful of what we're allowing into our lives as well is important. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that can be TV shows that can be movies. Um, you know, and often, you know, what I used to do is like, I would allow, I, I experienced a lot of, well, okay, I'll, I'll share an experience. I used to experience a lot of spiritual warfare, like demons shaking the bed and stuff like that. And my wife and her spirit-filled Christians at the time, but the open door that we had that was inviting that stuff in was because we weren't really filtering the stuff we were watching. There were certain things that we would say no to, but there was a lot we would say yes to. There was a whole lot of gray and that opened the door to us actually having, and it was almost like, we didn't even ask God, Hey, is this something we should be watching? Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it was just like, I didn't want to hear the answer because mm -hmm. I was like, my flesh wanted to watch this thing. And so it actually opened up a lot to where we'd have, and we'd pray, we'd like get out of here in the name of Jesus and blah, blah, blah. But it would happen a couple of nights later, or we like, you know, have a prayer time and then it would get better. Um, and, uh, and so it was like, we were inviting things in. So all that to say, I know that's a very like one slice of the whole pie of what you ask. Cause there's, mm -hmm. a, I mean, it's a big conversation, but you start Kara and then I'll <laughs> <take you back. laughs> Okay. I want to help people because here's yeah. what we do is we're like, is it spiritual? Is it psychological? Yeah. And then here's the thing that we also need to cover is after you cast out the devil, why, why is there so much damage? Why do I feel like there's so much aftermath? And so I think those are two things we can uh, really, really help people with today. And so here's the question that I want everybody to consider. While a person may have a condition, whether it's 
physical or psychological, Mm -hmm. could there be a spirit also behind it? Hmm. And so could there be a demon problem behind the problems of the mind and body? And the Bible is clear on the matter. And the answer is yes, there could be. And in fact, some of Jesus's deliverances were double documented as deliverances and healings. Hmm. And so the father will just break down a few of these so we can you know, help people. But the, there was a father who brought his boy um, to Jesus and he explained that the child had been mute his whole life. And so not only was the boy mute, but he had problems on the psychological level as well. And so the demon would bring on terrible seizures and force the boy into self-harm and suicide attempts and throwing him into water and fire to yeah. be killed. And this is the kind of person that our culture sends to a a high level psychiatric unit. Okay. Mm -hmm. For around the clock treatment, usually for a lifetime. And so people are living in extreme bondage. And one simple question could be the key to a treatment that works. Even though this is psychological, even though this is physical, could it also be spiritual? Mm -hmm. And so to ask whether there's possibly a demon problem to a health problem does not dismiss the health problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I want to show you that in many cases, Jesus and the disciples were not dealing with one or the other. It wasn't either or because oftentimes it's both and. And so freedom and healing go hand in hand. And in Acts 1038, Jesus, you know, says he, well, it says Jesus healed those who were oppressed by the devil. And I began to think about this, Acts 10, 38. Why does it say Jesus freed? Why, why doesn't it? So if Acts 10, 38 says Jesus healed those who were oppressed by the devil, why doesn't that verse say Jesus freed the oppressed hmm. and healed the sick? If Jesus was healing, shouldn't that verse state that the sick were healed, but it says the oppressed were healed. And so oppression takes on many forms and that includes mental and physical illness. And so we have to pay close attention to the deliverance accounts. And so in Luke nine, okay, it says Jesus rebuked the impure spirit and then he healed the boy and he gave him back to his father. And so in this case, the muteness and the psychological insanity are explicitly tied to the demon. Jesus first casts out the demon and then heals the boy. And there was a Canaanite girl who was freed and healed in the same pattern. And so the girl's mother, you know, comes to Jesus and explains, hey, she's demon, you know, possessed. And Matthew 15, 28 says her daughter was healed at that moment. Hmm. But the mother said, so she was healed? Well, the mother said it was a demon issue. So Matthew 15, 22 says my, she says, my daughter is demon possessed and suffering terribly. What is she suffering terribly from? Sickness, disease, mental illness, and mental fragility. And this is how demons make us suffer. And so what we have here are two cases where a, a demon problem is literally double documented as a healing. Hmm. And so when you look into these verses, the Greek word being used in these accounts is iamai. And, and for healing, it means healing physical and sometimes spiritual disease. Okay. And so Matthew 15 and Luke 9 are directly linking demonized people who are healed of their suffering and disease. Hmm. 
So they're freed of their demon problem, but they're also healed of their physical and mental problems because they're intertwined. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You should have let out uh, instead of me. <laughs> you really should have because you're, you know, you're just a better teacher. Um, but no, I, I think I do. I, I would, I would say that there are a lot of mental illnesses that are misdiagnosed or mm -hmm. being treated in, uh, improperly, you know, and mm -hmm. that's not to divide and not to condemn the science of psychology and understanding the mind and how it works. There mm -hmm. are actual chemical reactions within the brain that, you know, things fire and or don't fire or misfire um, as a result of mental illness, but there is a spiritual component as well. And I think that mm -hmm. we've, We've divorced a lot of academia, actually, um, not just the science community has divorced the spirit from the mind or the spirit from the body. And they're, I mean, they're intertwined. I mean, like Luke, uh, Luke 9 and Matthew 15, both, I mean, are very clear pictures of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, then what we, what you and I were talking about is we know we're free. You know, mm -hmm. we, we had... You know, not everybody needs to see a demon to know it's a demon problem. You know, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Nobody needs, we don't all need experiences like that. We just need to cast it out. Not, we don't need to experience it. But you and I were talking about like, all right, then we deal with the demon issue. And why is it that after some time of freedom that I feel like there's so much repair work? Why do I feel so damaged? And when we look at the parable uh, from Matthew 12, when Jesus is talking about the evil spirits, right? And so what happens is Jesus uh, tells this story. He's narrating from the perspective of the evil spirit. And after being cast out of his home, the evil spirit, you know, goes into the arid places, seeking rest, never finds it, says to himself, let me go back to the house I left. Well, when he returns, the evil spirit it's his former house. He finds his former house in an unfamiliar condition. So he's observing it and he's noting, you know, the condition. He's like, it's unoccupied. It's swept clean. It's put in order. I didn't do none of that. And so the demon is, is observing that the house looks, it looks different than the condition he left it in. Who swept it up? Who put it in order? not the demon. And so the demon is surprised by his former home being swept clean and put in order. If that's his surprise, then what condition did he leave it in? He trashed it. Yeah, disarray. He destroyed it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we get freed of the demon and we go back into the house and we turn the lights on and we're like, yikes, the chandelier is falling. You know, there's holes in the wall. The place is trashed. And that's our soul. Demons trash our soul. They leave damage that has to be repaired, a home that has to be cleaned and restored. And so it can be a very yikes moment after we cast out that devil. The work doesn't stop. The work begins. And so the Holy Spirit comes in with the gospel of Jesus and we begin to restore and repair mm -hmm. after having those bad tenants for so long. Okay, Kara, I want to go back to something really quick. Um, or however, it doesn't have to be quick, but um, I know you detail this in your book, but you know, there's going to be some people listening to this, especially if this is a newer teaching. 
or one that they haven't quite heard like this and they go, okay, Kara, I hear you. I, uh, I'm feeling a little conviction, uh, but how do I identify a stronghold in my life and how do I deal with it? Cause those are like two big, very big questions. Mm-hmm. So strongholds, they're something that doesn't go away, right? They're, they're present. Like you make, you try to make progress and you can't put a dent into it. Right. So strongholds are, you know, you have a stronghold when you can't really break through, right? Yeah. It's literally this giant mm-hmm. fortress and you can't break through. And so if you know there's a sin you can't break, if you know there's like negative thinking, fearful thinking, like if you know there's there's all like, you know, different stuff in your mind and and how I really here's the thing is when we line it up here, you know, we have the straight edge to line it up to which is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so when we are not free, we know that we're, there's something there, right? And so a stronghold, um, it's been in your life. You can't break through. And, you know, people, when people are like, yeah, it might be a stronghold. Now I don't know what to do. Now I'm so discouraged. When I realized I was dealing with this stronghold, mm-hmm. that was actually really good news to me. Because I put my finger, like I pinpointed it, I put my finger on it. I was like, oh, you're just a stupid stronghold. Well, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 4 says, I have weapons of warfare to tear you down. And so identifying a stronghold should be uh, our first step toward knowing, oh, this sucker is going to blow up. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to tear it down. And so did that help a little bit? It's yeah. Things that we can't really make a dent in. That's Mm -hmm. when we know we need our weapons of warfare. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, just like I did, just like Kara did, the answer is in the word. I mean, Mm -hmm. in using the word. So I have a really important question to ask in regard to that, like 15 minute thing that you would do at the beginning of the day, taking communion, Mm -hmm. prayer, scripture, all that stuff. Was that an instant like? was that like a a silver bullet to this whole thing? Or did you still have to combat thoughts and address thoughts throughout the day, even though you did that? Um, At that point, how do I, what do I say? I, I I was, uh, I was like, I was honed in at that point. I was like, you're going down. It might, it might take six more years, but you're going down. And so at that point I was, I was militant. I was like, I don't care how many times I open up this, this, this tactic, this prayer journal, you're going down. Now I would say I'm, I'm in something now where, which you and I talked, I'm in something now where I am dealing with some, some fearful thinking and, and some, some spiraling and, and some mental brokenness right now. So I'm, I'm in a state again of, because when it was a demon, okay. I just cast it out. Yeah. Did it take hard work? Yes, it did. Um, because spirits are rebellious. And so you can't just tell it to sayonara. Like we mm-hmm. can't expect rebellious spirits not to try and rebel. rebel okay. Yeah. That's yeah. why we got to stand firm and, and, mm-hmm. and, and go. So when it was a demon, I just cast it out, you know, not just, it took some time, you know, it was yeah. hard work, but, um, but when I, what I'm going through now, when I'm realizing it's me, um, I, ha- I'm, I'm struggling way more with me than I did with a demon because a demon, you just cast it out. You send it to the abyss when it's you. uh, There's a lot more work here. 
And so when it comes to the word uh, right now, um, my faith is built in the past for dealing. I got totally freed and delivered. I'm in the process of building up my faith right now mm-hmm. because once a lifelong thing, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And I was having a conversation with God um, a, a few weeks ago, and this is where I'm at right now. And the conversation, it was a funny one. <laughs> Hopefully it, uh, people might judge me on this, but uh, uh, it, it's just, I'm, I'm not the yeah. brightest crown in the box, but here was my question is um, there are three of you in the Trinity. Any one of you could have become flesh and come to earth and, re- and redeemed us. I'm just curious, God, why was it Jesus? And so he began to talk to me. Well, Jesus is his earthly name for being the son of man. But before he was son of man, he was word of God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is God's word. He is the word made flesh. Mm-hmm. And what do we know about God's word? It must be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And no one can fulfill God's word. God's word fulfills itself. And so God's word became flesh to fulfill God's word. The word came to fulfill the word. And so when the word of life took on death, so it could destroy the power of the devil, destroy fear, the fear of death, we watched God's word fulfill itself. And we can have total faith that God is who he says he is, and he will do in us what he says he will do in us, which includes deliverance from evil and restoration to our soul. And so to answer your question, um, I believe the word of God um, Uh, ruthlessly when it came to a devil, when it comes to my own soul and my double mindedness, uh, I'm having to do a lot more groundwork, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I, I too go through those things, you know, and it's, uh, you know, there was a situation recently where I felt kind of, kind of misrepresented or, or wronged. And I responded, I'm very passionate. Uh, and so I responded not to this individual, but more just, you know, I, I got upset at the situation and I was, I was angry. And so I was, you know, it's the thing I love, even though it's annoying, the thing I love about this new covenant is there's no excuse for anyone. Like, like if you were wronged, there's very clear verses that state how you're supposed to respond to those things. And if you were the wrongdoer, there are very clear verses that tell you how you should deal with that. And mm-hmm. so God all of a sudden was just like, love is kind. It does not boast. It is not easily angered. And I was like, quiet, <laughs> quiet. you." No, honestly, it was met with like sorrow. Like, honestly, I had this moment where I was, cause it's, I mean, I share this a lot. But one of the verses that I pray every day is from one Psalm, is from Psalm 139, which is search me, God, and know my heart, mm-hmm. test me and, and know my anxious or see my anxious thoughts, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And it's an honest, heartfelt prayer. But if you pray that things will get exposed in your heart that aren't mm-hmm. supposed to be there, you know, um, and yeah. <laughs> How do you respond to that? You know? And so I had this moment of going, even though that whole love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not easily angered, could have been flipped on the the other person. I was not without fault in the situation as well. It was like the common ground, that center point 
where we both meet, you know? Um, and it was just like, yeah, so I, I totally get that. I know a lot of the people listening totally get that as well. That's a different, that's a whole different ball of wax of dealing with something that's a soul issue that, you know, you're in that process of sanctification, you're being refined, but you know, when it's a demon, it's like, get out, you know, like mm -hmm. you have very clear defined things. Um, but okay, let's talk about this. A soul issue, if left undealt with, can leave a wide open door for the enemy to set a stronghold in your life. Yeah. Then it's like a hamster wheel, right? Yeah. And that's why we have to take these things seriously. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to a demon and you just cast it out, uh, I, I truly find it to be much easier. You know, mm -hmm. you just, uh, you unyoke yourself, you renounce it, you repent, you know, you, you, you do all the things and then you cast it out. Right. But, and that's a very violent approach. You cast it to the, the pit, right? When it comes to the soul, the Lord is not violent with our souls, mm. even though they cause so much. Honestly, we cause our own torment. We, we yeah. cause our own torment. And yeah, which maybe Lord, that's a more appropriate. What I said earlier when we started the conversation about spiritual and psychology that's a more appropriate statement for this, what we're talking about now, I think, because I subjected yeah. myself to things knowingly, mm -hmm. you know, giving it to my fleshly desires and, uh, and then reap the consequences of it. So, but in this, we don't cast out the soul, right? right. We don't cast right. that out. Right. And so what do we do with the soul is he restores us. Well, how mm -hmm. does he restore us through rest, right? In him. And so when it comes to, when we're, uh, it's really complex with um, uh, trauma victims. Is it spiritual? Is it mental? Is it brokenheartedness? Is it is it sadness? It's all. It's all. And so, especially when there's layers of trauma, it can get really tricky because people just want to be violent on, on the demon, right? Because that's what we do. Out you go. But with the soul, we're not violent on the soul, right? And so we we get rest and restoration in Christ. And that can take a long time and it can be even confusing. Am I still in panic attacks because I have a spiritual matter like Kara had, or am I in panic attacks because, you know, I'm brokenhearted and I'm afraid. And so it can be complex, which is why we want to, um, we want to know that Christ heals the soul. And, and here's the, so he delivers the demon. Wait, he delivers the person from the demon. <laughs> Christ delivers us from evil mm -hmm. and he restores the soul. But here's the thing. So much of mental illness is actual brokenness in our brains, mm. actual brokenness, you know, in the hormones, in the amygdala, in, in those kinds of centers in your brain. And I began to realize he is still the solution to every problem because I've seen him heal broken arms. I've seen him um, heal the body. And if he can heal a broken arm, he can heal what's broken in my mind. Right. Yeah. And so people are like, I don't know what's what that's okay because he can take care of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. Really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There was something else I was going to say and I totally forgot. Legit. Totally forgot. 
which is probably not a big deal. Um, oh, the thing that I also wanted to just revisit again is, is, you know, I asked you about, you know, when you got militant with addressing strongholds in your life, um, you know, and you were like, oh, it just was like relentless. And I think, I think it can, there's a, there's a temptation that can come in where we look at one person's situation and we expect an identical outcome. And it can be even a subconscious thing that we do. So for me, it was a little different in my process where I had to constantly, I was tenacious in it, but I would like hit it and then it would, it, you know, and then it would get back up and I'd hit it and it would get back up and I would hit it. And it was like, but the, the more you see that thing submit to the, the word of God, that, that thing crumble and, and start to crumble and the enemy coming to try and come back. Like the, you, for me, it was a, it was a, um, it was kind of like a uh, increasing rate kind of a tenacity where it was like, all of a sudden I felt like I had strength for the first time to just give like one big hit. And then it was like, mm -hmm. once you started to see the damage that was being done, it built up in me this fire to, to want to see this thing crumble and get destroyed and get out of my life. And so mm -hmm. I did, you know, and, but for me, it was like, uh, you pray it and it feels like I had to like pray the same thing or, or speak the same scriptures, like constantly reminding myself, like, no, no, absolutely not. You know, the scripture says this, this scripture says this, and I would just do it over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it was a little bit, a little bit different in my, my process of healing. Like I went through, like someone did a Sozo. I didn't even know that it was a Sozo at the time, but someone <laughs> totally, and it was like this divine kind of appointment thing was that we were doing an Elijah's conference thing. And, there's a lady there who she, her ministry is doing like physical therapy and massage massage. And, um, I bumped into her and I was like, can, I was like, I, I need a Can you just give me a massage? Cause like, you know, me, like most people, we carry tension in our shoulders. And, and so I was like, I could just really use a massage. It'd be great. And she's like, okay, yeah, we'll just meet me at this time. And she didn't even give me, uh, give me a massage. But what I got instead and what the Lord did in me was like total deliverance, mm -hmm. you know, and it was like, we just sat on the couch and I just like cried like a baby, you wow. know, she would just say these like really like profound things. I didn't really fully tell her what was going on, but at the time it, for me, it was like my big issue is I was putting the cart in front of the horse. And so what she actually said is she was like, I see, I see you and I see you where the, where the horse should be. Like the horse is where the cart should be and you are where the, the horse should be. And I was like, well, funny you say that because, you know, so yeah, I just think that it's, look, the goal is freedom. The goal is tearing down these strongholds and the word does that. And how God does that is going to look a little bit different depending mm -hmm. on the person. It's like, well, but Kara took her two weeks exactly. And for me, I'm on like two and a half weeks and I feel a little better, mm -hmm. but you know, mm -hmm. so I think, um, and maybe some people less than two weeks. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. It's yeah. different for everyone. And what's interesting is Jesus literally gave the disciples authority to cast out devils. They go out, they cast out devils. They've done it a few times. They've, you know, you know gotten, you know, figured out how, how it works. And then they come into an encounter with a devil they can't cast out. And they're like, you know, stumped, like, what's up with this one? Wow. We really can't cast out this one. 
you know, they've cast out all these other ones. They have the authority Jesus gave them. And so, you know, they kind of come back with their tails tucked under and they're like, uh, we couldn't get this one. What's up? And Jesus was like, well, that one only comes out with fasting and, and prayer. And so we have to remember there are times we're going to get stumped. We're going to have times where we don't know why it, things aren't breaking off. And the solution is to go back to Jesus. Hmm. And he tells us, oh, that one, it's this weapon. That one, you just need to do this. And so the book, when it was a very supernatural experience, the Lord began to tell me to write it. Um, Jeff, I didn't think I had anything to say. I thought it was going to be a 40 page ebook. Hmm. You know, it's 300 pages. Yeah. 300, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> so, well, the Lord began to tell me to take what I had in my prayer journal and make a template for people. Wow. And so what it is, is, is it's just a template that comes from this and it shows people how to go through their own journey with the Holy spirit. And yeah. so when we, we, we shouldn't compare our journeys with other people, but if we get stumped, the only thing we have to do is go back to Christ and say, mm -hmm. how do I get this part? How do I get this, this layer to break off? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing I appreciate about this book, I just got really excited when I was looking at it was, you know, you do give some teaching in there, but then you go into this thing called tactical training, everybody. And you have a drill in, a drill out, and a drill down. So drill in is you'll give like a, a passage or a couple of verses, and then you'll kind of give some reflections there to reflect on. And then the drill out can be a prayer. It can be, you know, um, you know, I, you probably speak more to that. But then the drill down, you provide more scriptures right there to in, in every single one. Uh, and, and so I liked it. You were like, take the, I mean, you, you read them. Take the um, take the ones that apply to your situation, the ones that are really speaking to you, um, you know, and uh, and you also you're very loose on how people can read this. I mean, you could go through all the teachings and then do the tactical trainings later. You can do, you know, so there's no don't be rigid with it. But I was looking at this and I'm just like so many people could benefit from something like this. You know, like not, you know, if any of you guys have a loved one who is really going through a rough time, maybe they're not quite a Christian, or maybe they're like really on rocky place, but they're going through a rough time. Like this is a great, great book. Like for, for people, I think it's a great resource. So yay, God. Well done, Kara. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that, uh, the link to the book is in the description, everybody as per usual. Uh, and it's great. There's like a stick. You can get a sticker too. make strongholds go boom. Love it. <laughs> Love it. So um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before I have you pray for people? No, I'm just so excited. Um, it's it's a wild. It's a complex topic. We don't want to simplify or dismiss anything. Mm -hmm. The goal for today is that people would really decide, it, you know, I believe God is who he says he is. And I believe his word is going to fulfill in my life what it says it will. And so that's our hope for today is that people would walk away believing for freedom and hope in their life. Mm, come on. Amen, Kara. Okay. I'm gonna have you pray for people.
Okay. Some people, it's it's going down, people. So, well, I I pulled out a few scriptures. Uh, that's that's how I pray. Is I just we we partner with the word, right? We partner with the word to, to be fulfilled in our life, uh, because the word is God. Okay, and it says what it, it's gonna. He's gonna do what he says he's gonna do. Yeah. Uh, and Lord, we just plead the blood of Jesus yeah. over all of these present and future lord and we thank you that you do restore the soul lord we agree with psalm 23 3 you restore our souls first thessalonians 5 28 you sanctify us through and through and that means nothing is too far gone for you nothing is too hidden or too dark for you and you sanctify every layer of us, Lord, until you make us holy and righteous and complete in you. Lord, we thank you that we are hybrid, we are not, we are not hybrid creations. Second Corinthians 5:17 says, says the old is gone and the new has come. So we bury the old and we are resurrected into new life. And we know that in you we are made totally new creations. And so Lord, we lift up people who feel like they've got like two two feet, one foot in the old, one foot in the new Lord. And we just decree them to be loosed from the from the old in the name of Jesus. Lord, give them hope that they will be an entirely fresh and new creation. Uh, Lord, we decree Jeremiah 17, 14. Lord, it says, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and I will be saved. I like the message version. It says, God, pick up the pieces and put me back together. (laughs) And so, Lord, we just pray that over these people Lord, who feel like they're falling apart, Lord, and we have hope, God, that you are pulling the pieces back together. You are putting people back together. You're giving them hope, Lord. They're not broken. They're not busted, God, but they're being made new. Lord, whom the sun sets free really will be free. Lord, you don't give us fear. You give us a sound mind. Thank you for restoring soundness of mind to people. Thank you that you have given us authority to overcome all all the power of the enemy. And thank you, God, that we are not defenseless, but you give us weapons of warfare to tear down any stronghold that wants to tower between us and you, Lord. And we agree, God, that you are our hope. And Lord, I pray this is the impartation that God gave for me. And I call it the knockout punch. And it it comes from Psalms 3-7, which says, Arise, Lord, and deliver me, my God, and strike all my enemies on the jaw and break the teeth of the wicked. And so, Lord, we just decree the knockout punch. You're going to deliver it in people's lives and deliver them from torment and deliver them from the enemy, God. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. We bless all these people, Lord. And we just decree hope in their life to go straight to the word and straight to the presence and be free in the name of Jesus. Come on. Amen. All right, Kara, how can people follow you on social media? What's your website? You can talk about um, your organization, all that great stuff. Oh, I'm out there. It's just Kara Starnes on on all the platforms. Uh, We have a website up with some copies and that kind of stuff, but pretty easy to find me. So um, yeah, I'd love to touch base with anybody, be an encouragement to people who are going through something. Um, But ultimately, you know, what I'm going to do is point you right back to scripture and our Mm -hmm. hope in Christ. So yeah, come on. Amen. Well, Kara, thank you so much. This is really fun. Yeah, it was we'll a blast. Do it again. We'll do it again. I'm just going to say it. We'll do it again. It was great. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm Absolutely. so glad.
Yeah. We have to do this. Absolutely. Yeah. It was super great. All right, everybody. That is our show. Have a blessed Thursday evening. Uh, and join us tomorrow when we do part three or four of our Bible 101 series. We've got Costin Woodhouse back. Um, and so it's going to be a great episode. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. And of course, at the end, we've got the donation link, ElijahFire.com slash donate. It's how you donate. That keeps all the moving parts. We get a lot of moving parts and we got a lot of stuff in the works behind the scenes right now for 2023. Um, and so we really appreciate those donations. And of course, we take a portion of every single donation and we are uh, jamming over in Uganda and other parts of the world um, and giving people fresh, clean water and we're tra completely transforming these communities uh, so they can actually do stuff instead of go to tainted water sources um, and their kids can get educated. They can build their communities and that's because of your guys' donations. So God bless you guys. And we will see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Costin Woodhouse. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.